lift. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this Monday, Thursday. The epistle reading that you heard just a few moments ago from 1 Corinthians 11, especially these words. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I remember quite vividly the Monday Thursday celebrations of my youth. When I was little, there were only three days in the church year where chairs had to be set up because there were so many people in church. Christmas Eve, Easter Sunday, and Monday Thursday. Some of you, old-timers like me, might remember that as well. It's kind of a Lutheran tradition in many churches that confirmation would be on Palm Sunday. And then the confirmad's first communion would be on Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday was a major highlight in the church year. Why? Because of Christ's institution of the Lord's Supper. Many, many things happen on this day, on this first Monday, Thursday, and all of them are worthy of our attention and our meditation. But by far, the greatest thing that Jesus did for us on Monday, Thursday, was instituting this holy meal. Instituting the Lord's Supper. We call it the Lord's Supper because it's His. It's the Lord's. It belongs to Him. And He gives it to us. We call it Holy Communion because we literally commune, participate with the body and blood of Jesus. We call it the breaking of the bread because there is a unity, one loaf for each individual. We call it the Holy Eucharist because we receive Christ's body and blood with thanksgiving. In Luther's small catechism, we study the sacrament of the altar. All of these are biblical and appropriate names for the Lord's Supper. 
the sacrament of the altar. Think back to your Sunday school days in Old Testament times. What happened on an altar? A sacrifice. Sheep, bulls, lambs, goats, pigeons, doves, blood flowed. God commanded sacrifices that we would offer up to God. This is not the sacrifice of the altar. This is the sacrament of the altar. God is the one doing the doing. God is the one giving the giving. Here at the altar, God gives to us the very body and blood of Jesus. Offered up on Calvary's cross once and for all. Once and for all. The Lord's Supper is not a sacrifice for our most recent sins. Jesus paid for our sins once and for all. All sin, all people, all time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. My friends, throughout the years, Monday, Thursday has fallen off the radar for many Christians. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. People are busy. You have gardening and golf and soccer and softball. And of course you have Netflix. There's so many things to do. People are busy. But it's so much more than that. Here in America, we live in a culture where sacramental theology, the theology of God's Word, is looked down upon. Mocked. Ridiculed. While roughly 80% of Christians throughout the world are sacramental Christians, here in America, on a good day, it's about 50-50. Roughly half of Christians in America deny the real presence of Christ's body and blood in the Lord's Supper. And because they deny it, because it's just bread and wine, it's not that big a deal. I can think about Jesus anytime. I don't need a little snack to remind me of him. If it's just bread and wine, does it really matter if you're instructed before you come? Does it really matter who attends the Lord's Supper? We have all kinds of doubters and naysayers with regard to the Lord's Supper. But there's another problem as well. God's Word for us has some 
very, very serious words with regard to the Lord's Supper. When I came to Good Shepherd 26 years ago, the Lord's Supper was rarely offered. Twice a month, never on a holiday, never on a feast day. When we started talking about a more increased opportunity for people to receive the Lord's Supper, there were many questions. And there were some who were downright indignant. Well, if we have the Lord's Supper more often, it won't be so special. I looked at one gentleman who said that, and I said, if your wife tells you she loves you ten times in one day, does that mean the tenth time is any less special than the first time? There was another reason. Here at Good Shepherd, and in many Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregations throughout our land, that people are a bit nervous with regard to the frequency of the Lord's Supper. What do we do when visitors come? You know, there's a lot of visitors on the holidays, and many of them are not Lutheran. Some grew up Lutheran, but have now drifted away, joined other fellowships. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want to make someone mad. We don't want to offend anyone. My friends, God's word is clear. What the Lord's Supper is. The body and blood of Jesus. In, with, and under bread and wine. For Christians to eat and drink. We should never, ever, ever be ashamed to make that confession. God's word is also clear. That the Lord's Supper is a very precious gift to be used as God has intended. And if it is not, this gift is no longer a blessing, but a curse and judgment in unbelief. These words of Scripture here in 1 Corinthians 11 are crystal clear. And yet sometimes we're embarrassed by them. We're embarrassed by the words of God. So we ignore them or try to sugarcoat them. Sometimes we look at these words and we say, I just don't believe it. My friends, this is a very very dangerous thing to deny the clear word of God. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. Nowhere in Scripture does it say how often we should receive the Lord's Supper. It just says often. Our Lutheran confessions say the Lord's Supper is celebrated at every Sunday divine service and on feast days. How in the world did Lutherans who have such a great confession get to the point where they were so embarrassed of the Lord's Supper that they celebrated it infrequently? How did things change here at Good Shepherd? Well, it was about 15 years ago during an adult confirmation class. I had a young lady in the class, former Roman Catholic, who was a bit skeptical of this whole Lutheran thing. She was in love. She married a Lutheran, said she would go through class. You've maybe heard or felt that same thing. As we got to the topic on the Lord's Supper, and we began to teach God's Word, flowing from the words of institution, the verba, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 11, her eyes lit up. And then all of a sudden, she got kind of a blank look on her face. And she raised her hand and she says, Pastor, if Lutherans really believe what you say Lutherans believe, then why don't you have the Lord's Supper at every service? I said, great question. Would you write that down so I can take it to the elders? From that point on, the goal was to offer the Lord's Supper here at Good Shepherd more frequently. Every week, maybe not at every service. More often on Wednesday nights. Always on holidays and special feast days in the church. There were many bad things that were a result of COVID. But there was one good thing that came out of COVID here at Good Shepherd. Every service, celebration of the sacrament. The sacrament of the altar at every service. Now there are a couple of exceptions throughout the year. But every Sunday, every service, every regular Wednesday, every service, every special feast day in the church, Christ's body and blood is offered. My friends, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What in the world is that all about? My friends, God's Word is teaching us that when you come to the Lord's Supper, 
humbly in faith. When you stand or kneel at the rail. When you eat and drink bread and wine, which is the very body and blood of Jesus. When you eat this meal in faith, you are proclaiming the gospel. By walking to the rail, by standing or kneeling, by eating and drinking, you are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's word is clear. What do you proclaim? Well, first of all, you proclaim why Jesus died. You're proclaiming his death, remember? Why did Jesus die? I heard you say it earlier. I, a poor, miserable sinner. He died for your sin. He died for the sin of the world. He, did for li- he died for liars and for thieves. He died for adulterers and for murderers. He died for children who disobey their parents and husbands who are abusive of their wives. He died for those who mock Christianity and the Christ we uphold. He died for all sin. He died for your sin. Christ Jesus dies for sinners. We proclaim his death as we receive Christ's body and blood. But that's not all we proclaim. We proclaim who Jesus is. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God begotten of the Father from all eternity, and also true man born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. You are proclaiming the whole Christ, true God and true man in one person. True man so that he could suffer and bleed and die on Calvary's cross. True God so that he could rise from the dead and pay for the sin of the world. You proclaim why Jesus died. You proclaim who this Jesus is that died. And you also proclaim what God delivers in this sacrament. My friends, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, He offered up His lifeblood as a once-for-all sacrifice for sin to the Father. He offered this sacrifice in perfect obedience. We don't have to return or go back in time and meditate on what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. It is finished. He accomplished your salvation. But He doesn't distribute salvation at the cross. Salvation accomplished Good Friday and Easter. 
salvation delivered in the waters of holy baptism, in the holy absolution preached into our ear, and in this gift of the Lord's Supper. God delivers to you the very body and blood of Jesus in with and under bread and wine for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. My friends, how easy it is to take for granted the gospel that we proclaim by humbly eating and drinking Christ's body and blood. God's Word says that we should examine ourselves. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. This is the third time in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10 and twice in 1 Corinthians 11, where the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, emphasizes that when we come to the Lord's Supper, we eat or receive four things. Bread, wine, body, blood. And if you eat the bread and drink the wine without recognizing in faith the body and blood of Jesus, you are profaning this gift of God. Sometimes people get nervous and hung up on that word unworthy. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy of God's love, God's grace. I have, I have sins that I keep falling back into on a regular basis. I try to stop, but I don't. Sometimes I don't even try to stop. Am I unworthy? My friends, your worthiness to receive the Lord's Supper has nothing to do with the amount or quantity of your sin. There is no difference. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Luther teaches us in the Catechism that true worthiness consists of faith. Specifically, faith in the words given and shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins. The Lord's Supper is what the Lord's Supper is. Whether people believe it or not. And so that is why we practice closed communion. We don't allow infants or tiny children to come to the Lord's Supper. They can't examine themselves. We don't commune those who are unconscious or in a comatose state. No. We commune people who are able to confess the real presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and hunger and thirst 
for the forgiveness of sins. In a couple of days, our 11 junior confirmads will receive their first communion during the Easter vigil. Please come. Confirmation is not a magic wand. Confirmation is not in the Bible. It is a man-made ceremony or rite. Confirmation does not make you worthy or eligible for the Lord's Supper. Responsible pastoral practice says you have to do something to come up with some sort of a time, age, instruction period. And then this instruction takes place. Confirmation does not make a person eligible for the Lord's Supper. Baptism does. And then, as the individual, hopefully nurtured by mom and dad at home, being brought to the services of God's house, studying God's Word, instructed, examined, and then makes that bold confession. My friends, ten years ago, we had two services on Monday, Thursday, here at Good Shepherd. It's the only way we could fit all the people in. Tonight, oh, there's plenty of room, but this is one of the highest attended Monday, Thursday service in the last several years. My friends, may God's word work in us and move us and motivate us to a new appreciation for this holy meal. For us to hunger and thirst for Christ's body and blood, which bring us forgiveness, life, and salvation. And may God continually forgive us for our busyness, our neglect, our apathy, our cowardice when it comes to boldly confessing the Word of God and grow in us a faith that truly treasures this gift, this precious gift that flows from His hands and His feet and His side to our altar. May God bless us with such a confession and faith. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.